0: Welcome to the
1: MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to unveil the path on how to successfully navigate the modern buyer's journey. Joining us is Jake Randall, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Common Room, which enables community developer relationships and go-to-market leaders to drive brand awareness, product option, and revenue by engaging with users across all stages of the modern customer journey. And today, Jake and I are going to discuss navigating the influencer-led B2B buyer's journey. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jake Randall, the Chief Operating Officer at Common Room. Jake, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Ben. Excited to have you here. looks like we've got a lot in common. We were talking offline about our passion for guitar and our distaste for our mutual friend, Doug Bell. (laughs) And I'm sure he's going to be hearing this. So Doug, the Phillies and Eagles are terrible.
2: I didn't know he was an Eagles fan. I'm from Boston, and so obviously a big Patriots fan, and I don't think we need to talk about what's happened with the Eagles there, so.
1: I saw the Patriots win their first Super Bowl while I was in Boston, went to Boston University, so they're practically my college football team.
2: Yeah, better than BU's. Well, they they canceled (laughs) the
1: football program the year before I got there. I was pissed. And now I'm a lifelong suffering Cal fan because that's the team I grew up with, so Hey, we all learn patience and humility from somewhere and uh, Cal football, that's where I got it from. There you go. That said, we should probably talk a little bit about business today. And rumor has it, according to Doug, you're great at understanding the modern buyer's journey. Tell us a little bit about what is changing and how should we navigate said journey?
2: I don't think it's a secret to anyone that folks are more and more digitally focused. They don't want to talk to a salesperson, right? Like if you look at any of the Gartner research out there, if you believe Gartner, I'm sure Forrester has similar research, whatever. The vast majority of buyers they survey say, hey, I'd rather not talk to sales.
1: I just did an interview with the head of market research at G2 today, and I finally remembered the word I couldn't remember offline, self-directed sales sales which is nobody wants to talk to your sleazy sales rep. They'd rather just come in at the one yard line and say, give me the contract and punch it into the end zone. Where do we go from there?
2: I think it varies a lot by industry, honestly, or, or solution that you're providing. But I don't think anything or anyone is debating the fact that people are more self-directed to use your terminology. So I think the question always becomes, okay, so what do you do instead, right? So again, if you go to any of those people that know better than we do, the analysts, they'll say, okay, you have 5% of buyers. Your sellers have 5% of the buyer's time. So where are they spending that other 95%? And I think that is the fundamental question and the insights, ultimately, that any kind of, to flip it on its head, modern go-to-market leader is trying to figure out. How do you meet your buyers where they are? How do you add value at the right time? How do you think about that?
1: I feel like I've had this conversation before. I'm getting a little deja vu. So let me give the answers to the quiz and then you can ask the question. Perfect. The strategy here is great. Nobody wants to talk to my sales reps. So I need to go push my content to where the consumers are. I need to go find the newsletters, the podcasts, the forums. I need to go get customer reviews. I just need to be out there doing stuff. And the problem is, how do you get your customers to do stuff for you? How do you figure out what the right forums are? How do you work with all the right people? What's the actual marketing strategy other than start pushing stuff instead of trying to pull people in? My suggestion to everybody is sponsor podcasts, and I will preface (laughs) it with, I am inherently biased.
2: Yeah. So I I think there's a lot of truth to that. Another way to think about it is the idea of, I think this is paramount at some level to this change. The self-directed is more and more you're operating as a personal consumer in your business life, right? So the example I give is, and we're talking about this offline also, I've got a young daughter when I needed to buy her a tricycle for the holidays, I ended up down a YouTube rabbit hole. of like, what's the best tricycle that I should buy?
1: What'd you find? I don't remember,
2: to be honest. I can look up my Amazon order history. <laughs> Lead off, <right> off, why? <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll table it for now.
2: But I think that's kind of what you're getting as like, okay, when you're self-directed, where do you go? What to you is that source of truth? What do you trust? I think you said earlier, right, salespeople are sleazy, which I don't agree with, but there's that perception. So a big part of it becomes understanding for your modern buyer's journey, who are they gonna go to to get their information? How do you think about that new trust paradigm is the other way to think about it. And a lot of what you see is more and more, you're going to your peers, to folks that you wanna hear from.
1: So you say that you're going to go to your peers, and I do understand that. Obviously, a peer reference is going to have more power than somebody that you don't know, in theory. But you mentioned you're looking for a tricycle, and let's say I'm looking for an enterprise grade tricycle that supports SaaS companies.
2: The proverbial three-legged stool that we all need to (laughs) build. Right,
1: exactly. I don't know if I'm taking Doug's word for it when he says, well, this is a great tricycle because Doug's not a tricycle expert. It turns out that person that has done 500 tricycle reviews actually knows a little bit more about the features and the nuances of each individual tricycle. So where does the balance of trusted reference as opposed to influencer that's a subject matter expert come in? I think they're both, honestly. Let's use
2: examples. I think those are really useful to talk about maybe how have companies that we've all heard of thought about this new paradigm so admittedly one of common room's customers again take it with a grain of salt just like everyone should take you should just do podcasts with a, with a grain of salt so one of our customers is Digma. i'm assuming most folks are familiar with them in the design space going through a big acquisition these days their approach early on was to really understand who are those influencers out there talking about their space and to get really, really close to them. So that ultimately, think of it as like a modern cab. What's your customer advisory board? Well, traditional customer advisory boards are, in my opinion, I used to run them at Okta, where I worked before Common Room. Who's spending the most money with you? Come in, kind of wine and dine and make them feel good about it. It's more of a customer success conversation. But I think in in this modern journey, a program you can use is, well, who are the people out there that are talking about your space? You mentioned this in our offline conversation. Who are the thought leaders in this? How do you bring them closer? How do you help them understand what's unique about yourself so that ultimately they'll start pushing out that information and looking at it?
1: Well, there's two components there. It's who's talking in my space. But I think that there's an underlying issue with just somebody is producing content in my space it's who's listening. It's the audience size as well. Because look, I can be recording MarTech podcasts until I'm blue in the face. You're not here unless, well, you were referred by somebody, but most people that have PR reps are not coming on this show unless they find us in the Apple app store, the podcast rankings.
2: Yeah. It's a tree falls in the woods and no one's around and make a sound kind of conversation. And so I think that's the other part of it, and it's a very good point, which is it's not just who's talking about you, but it's who's listening, what kind of engagement are they getting, et cetera. But back to the point of, I think from a B2B standpoint, there's a great, I guess it's more like sales tech, not MarTech, but I don't know if you've heard of Lavender. Mm -hmm. They help basically SDRs with better automated messages. They've kind of gone viral. Everyone seems to use them that I know. The way that they ultimately became quote, viral, and they can literally track this, is like when people post on LinkedIn about them, they literally see their signups go up. So they're figuring out who are influencers in this space, who's listening to them, and how do I get them to talk about us? And that's what's actually going to drive my signups because the modern buyer is gonna trust them much more than anything I can put on my website that SEO is gonna direct them to. Bringing people in through these new channels and understanding how are people going to educate themselves is really the whole idea behind that like modern buyer's journey. Now, ultimately, I think you can get into all sorts of ideas around. I think everyone needs to have like a free trial. And I think what you're ultimately saying is that more and more that buyer's journey will be, I'll call it
1: digitally centric. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. co. There's something that occurs to me that maybe I'm totally wrong here. But my feeling is the reason why the buyer's journey is changing so much is that it has become easier to develop software. And because it's become easier to develop software, the need for very expensive software or the ability for people to charge high rates for software is compromised there's a million SDR tools out there. Everything is a commodity now, right? We're just able to spin out so many features that I can just go figure it out or I'll find another tool that's kind of like at my market. Am I making this up or is two things that I shouldn't draw a parallel to?
2: No, I think you're right. And I think maybe the related comment or a corollary to that is that if you go to any company that provides XYZ solution, so like you, hey, I'm looking for an XYZ solution, and you click on the first two things that Google serves you up from your search, their websites are gonna look the same. They're both gonna do the same thing. They're both going to have the same value prop, the same solutions drop down menu at the top of their website. So it's not only that the actual product is easier to develop, literally the way that you're trying to like market it in these traditional senses is like very similar. So how do you break through that noise to make your decision?
1: It's the biggest problem I have with our content as a service business. We produce podcasts for B2B brands and we've got five years worth of rules, automation, technology, data processing, like all the proprietary stuff that I worked on. That makes it easy for me to produce this podcast and six others. And yet somebody who has an anchor account and a relationship with a Fiverr editor can come in and say that they're doing podcast production. And I don't know how to differentiate myself. So it's all reputation based. How do you get around that?
2: Yeah. And I think that's where this idea of understanding what are these new channels, quite frankly. You mentioned influencer marketing. I think a lot of folks, when they hear influencer marketing... I at least personally go to whatever, you're gonna get Kim Kardashian to push your B2C product. That to me is what influencer marketing is. But if you look again at where are marketers spending money, everyone's trying to figure out how to get into influencer marketing. Because if someone who is well-regarded in the space that you play in talks about that, that's actually gonna go a lot further probably than whatever new thing you put on your website.
1: So B2B brands should be focused on influencer marketing, which means that they're all combing through YouTube and listening to podcasts and finding who is creating content that's relative to their brand. How do you figure out who those people are in automated fashion? And how do you figure out which one of them are credible if B2B SaaS is now an influencer marketing-driven channel?
2: One way to do it, if you'll humor me for a quick plug, is tools like Common Room. So Common Room is really built around this idea that there are these critical new channels. And so how do you tap into them and understand who's talking about your key areas, How much traction, how much viewership are they getting so that you start to move yourself towards building better relationships with them and understanding the impact, most importantly, that it's having on your pipeline, etc. I think the other thing that you see with these new channels is that, you know, we could probably have a whole other conversation around attribution, which is almost like a four letter word in the marketing space, I'll argue. But how do you think about like the impact that it's actually having and how does that uh, attribute back to the ultimate goals of your company? So there are tools out there. I would encourage folks to check out Common Room, but there's other ways to look at it and really understanding what is the type of conversations you want to have. How do you want your brand? I think there's a whole element of like, who do you want to associate your brand with? but then ultimately getting closer to them. And I think part of the thing that's interesting is that it's more authentic. I'll go back to the Figma story. There's a great article that their head of social and like digital marketing wrote around how they thought about this early on at Figma. Their approach to finding those influencers and really thinking about how to bring them closer and make them love Figma. So that ultimately that became the true like flywheel that drove Figma going forward.
1: So Jake, help me prioritize here because the whole notion of cold outbound emails, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, the sales, the SDR team, like those are still effective channels. They haven't gone away. When you're, let's say you're building a, planning on being a unicorn startup, you're starting from scratch and you've got tons of funding and somebody's like, look, it's a blank check. You got a hundred million dollars to go build your sales team. Not exactly a blank check, but it's a pretty big one. How are you allocating your resources across multiple channels? Are you a hundred million dollars in influencers? You're gonna be sponsoring a lot of podcasts or are you still doing some of the other traditional activities?
2: I think you guys still do the traditional activities. I think it's hard to say, and we talked about this previously, there's a whole attribution conversation here. And at the end of the day, people still Google things, right? You still probably wanna do some like SEO work as an example. But we work with hundreds of companies that have really said the way that we're going to think about getting to our primary ICP is understanding who they're talking to. What do they care about? What do those people listen to? And I think that that will break through the ultimate noise. You mentioned there's SDRs and cold outbound what's the average person get probably like, I don't know, if you're in like a leadership position, do you get like 100 cold emails a day,
1: (laughs) at least? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I think the main thing I would think about is particularly when you're starting out, how do you break through that noise? Because no one's gonna read a cold email from someone from a unicorn yet to be created. Over time, you can change that. I spent 10 years at Okta before common room. Early on at Okta, no one would read our emails. By the end of my time at Okta, you could email a CIO and be like, hey, I'm this fancy title at Okta. And they would be like, oh, like I know, right? And so I think part of it's also where you are in your life cycle, but I would focus on the phrase I've heard used and that we like to talk about is like, users where they are. So spend a lot of time understanding what are the proverbial watering holes that your core personas, your ICP are going to, and how do you meet them there? Because anything else is noise that is going to get quickly deleted when they wake up in the morning and clean out their inbox
1: meet your users where they are. So it turns out all you have to do is find the local water cooler and start up a conversation with somebody that you think might be your prospect. And actually, that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jake Randall, the chief operating officer at Common Room. Join us again tomorrow when Jake and I continue our conversation talking about understanding community-led growth. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jake, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is V Jake Randall. That's T-H-E-J-K-E-R-A-N-D-A-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is commonroom.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even sign up to be our next guest speaker on the Martech podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Schapp.